Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Class 1A podcast. My name is Andrew Nimbergren, and as always, I'm here with James Graham and Dylan Beal to break down everything happening in the My Hero Academia. This week's episode was episode 17, The Hellish Todoroki's Family, or as we will now be referring to it, Keeping Up with the Todoroki Part 2, as this is the second big episode of the season, where it's been pretty much entirely on the Todoroki family and their relationship, which we'll dive into our thoughts on that later. But overall, guys, how are you feeling? 17 episodes in, are you still feeling good about season five? And do you enjoy this episode? I like it. Um, it's drama filled, um, but it's good. Yeah, this entire episode is, you know, just a tribute to how thin walls are. That's that's all this, <laughs> this all this episode is. That was okay, true. That literally me... everyone in the house could hear the same conversation <laughs> from different spots where no one saw each other. Okay, to be fair, though, this is like an old Japanese house, yeah, and the walls are literally paper thin. They're literally paper thin. Yeah, it's yeah. not even a meme. Like, no, it was just kind of funny that like they just kept doing a jump cut from one person listening into another one. I'm like, I know there's just four different sides, so they're probably all on different sides, but it was just kind of, it was more comedic than I think kind of a serious moment, because like, really, how many more walls are there? They kind of listen through there, but nonetheless, that was all great, and I'm kind of excited to talk about that, and that conversation is something we'll dive into later. But before we do get to that, if you guys enjoyed this video or are looking for other My Hero Academia content, make sure to go over to the youtube.com slash class1a and check out all the videos we do over there. Outside of these anime recaps, we also do the manga recaps for Vigilantes and the main series. We do Thor lore videos. We do theory videos. Kind of whatever we really feel like My Hero related it is there. So go and check that out. Or if you are watching us on YouTube right now and would like to listen on the go, we are also available with these anime recaps on all podcasting platforms across the world. So it's Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Google Music, whatever you use, we are there as well. So you can check us out there on the road and make sure to leave a five-star review there if you can. But with that, let's jump into the recap of everything that happened in this week's episode, which started off with it being a week since Deku and Co. started out working at the Endeavor Agency. And while it's clear that they're moving much faster and much more responsive than the first episodes, we still see that Endeavor easily beats all three of them to every single incident that they try to go to the whole night. Endeavor sends Bakugo, Deku, and Todoroki back to the dorms to rest up while he continues on patrol. When he gets back to the agency, he's thinking more about the secret note that Hawks um, left him before receiving a call from Fuyumi inviting over everyone for dinner the next night. Endeavor then talks about the dreams that he was having these last couple of nights about all his family being together, happy at the table, but him never being there. And we also get a flashback, kind of going over the couple times that we've seen it before, but Jodo's upbringing, what happened to his mom, why he kind of hated his father so much, and even a couple of other moments kind of that we've seen actually in the series of his conversation with Endeavor right before the uh, fight against Deku at the school festival, and just a bunch of other moments that are calling back and kind of culminating into one giant flashback sequence because after that, it goes into another flashback sequence about how we get to see the last time Endeavor was at home for dinner, him leave, and him learning about Shoto and Rei starting to reconnect. We also get to see the conversation between All Might and Endeavor once again, talking about what All Might's goal was as a number one hero and how Endeavor doesn't have to follow that or rush to trying to be that big figure, but instead find his own way to be the number one hero. Everyone wakes back up the next day and is completely ready to go, confident that today is finally going to be that they catch up to Endeavor, but at the end of the day, they were still not able to keep up and didn't beat Endeavor to a single villain. They all then head over to the Todoroki's house for dinner. 
They all have dinner, which quickly becomes very tense with the Todoroki family drama starting to slip out pretty quickly. Natsu still is not able to cope with everything, even though Endeavor is starting to try harder to reconnect. Shoto Fuyumi talk more about their feelings when Do Deku and uh, Baku both burst in. It starts to wrap up in Endeavor talking a lot about Toya and the dream that he's had with his family, where they're all together and he isn't, while we do see Natsu leaving the house to go out just frustrated from the whole night's events. In the post credit scene before actually the preview for next week, we see a villain has just been released from jail and sees that Endeavors is now the number one hero and does go on to try to find Endeavor and his family, which we do see from next week's preview. But what did we think about this episode of Keeping Up with the Todorokis? I mean, obviously we can talk a little bit about the group's uh, adventures to try to keep up with Endeavor, but that was very much kind of a side plot in what was a very lore-focused episode around the Todoroki family. Yeah, I thought it was a really good culmination of, like, all the stuff that we've been dealing with Endeavor, um, whether it's, like, his family life or his, like, trip to being, like, or his, his road to becoming the number one hero. And it's really interesting because, like, I was thinking about it, and it's, like, he was so, like, caught up in being the number one hero and surpassing All Might that when All Might basically, like, stepped aside because he like lost his power and whatnot and he found himself as the number one hero that was like almost like a, a sobering moment for for endeavor where he gets there and he looks around and he just sees like the wake of destruction that he's caused on his way there and he's like trying to fix it and build it at this point and like i don't know like i i think he's starting to come to the realization that like it just takes time it's not anything he can't say anything he can't do anything in one moment that's going to fix it all it's just going to take time. Yeah, it seems to be the big theme that they're trying to, like, really dial in with this character is that, like, he can't really atone. Like, there's not, like, there's nothing he, like, there's not, like, a, an act he can do to kind of, like, you know, undo the damage he's caused, right? Um, and I think that's, I think it's good. I think it's good that they're, they're, they're doing that. That, like, you're, you're not going to make up for, you know, like, her, for forever, like, you know, scarring your son, um, you know, putting your wife into a mental institution like i mean these are like like if you think about them when you're like when you like just take away the characters and stuff like that and you look at just like the raw facts like we've said this before and we said it again he's not a good dude like he was not a good dude at all right very bad guy <laughs> very bad guy right but I, I know it is i think it is like like you said like a like a sombering moment to get up there and realize what like this path of destruction he's caused getting to his goal that kind of like it didn't even like happen the way he wanted it to which i think might add into it as well right he didn't surpass him all might just couldn't do couldn't be all might anymore right so i mean it kind of shows a different way of kind of the money doesn't buy you happiness or like your one big goal is like once you reach your goal in life it doesn't mean that you're instantly going to be happy i mean if you wanted to be a professional nba player and you become that that doesn't mean you're instantly going to be happy you're always going to want more and I think this is kind of Endeavor's realization of that. He's always wanted to be the number one hero, or always wanted someone, rather it be his son, Todoroki now, I mean Shoto at this point, to pass All Might or him to pass All Might. And now that he'd gotten to that point, he realized like, oh, this is good. I'm where I'm at, but it's not how I wanted. And every other part of my life isn't where I want it to be. It was kind of realizing All that. Like, yeah, like, oh, I won a lottery. That doesn't instantly make all my problems go away tomorrow. There's still other things you need to deal with. And that's kind of what this was a culmination of, that him kind of come to realization that he's achieved his goal, but there's still so far he has to go to get, really get to the point where he's happy with his goal and everything else in his life. So I agree. I think a culmination of everything all in one episode for 
Endeavor and pretty much a Todoroki family combined is pretty much there. We didn't get much about what Shoto's feeling. It's very much more from kind of the Endeavor side. It was all his flashbacks. It's all the emotions he's feeling. We kind of get a little bit of a conversation between Fiumi and Shoto. That's cut very short by Bakugo and the Deku kind of pitching in, explaining Shoto's feelings to him. But we really didn't get a chance for him personally to express his feelings. We got a little yeah. bit at the beginning of this arc where he said, like, I'm just using you, Endeavor. But that's probably not what his true feelings are. And this was a moment to get him that we didn't. Yeah, at this moment, it seems like he has a very normal reaction at this point in time of where it's just, he's almost detached from it, right? Like, yeah. there's all these problems, but he's just, like, not present with them, and he's not feeling them. Like, it's just completely separated, which makes sense, because he's, like, been living with this for so long now, and he's just, like, in the thick of it, right? He has to be with, like, his father, and it, it makes sense. Like, he just kind of yeah. dull to all of it, and I think... Deku's pretty much being a therapist for him and trying to bring out something more of it. Like when you go through so much in your life, you just kind of become dull or like kind of null to a lot of things. But Deku's trying to kind of really bring that out of him and get him to talk about his feelings, which isn't something Shoto's really known for. But we've seen him start to express that a little bit more, calling people his friends, talking to people and kind of revealing more that we've seen throughout the series. So Deku's the number one therapist in all my hero academia. I should probably talk to more people in the series. We need to just get Baku and Deku in a room to kind of talk through their beef. I think it'd actually help Baku go in the long run. I, 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 I have right down here in my notes. Oh, it just says Doctor Deku Family Counseling. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but like, this is the worst part, man. Is like, like, like he is the one of the most self-destructive characters in the entire show, and here he is trying to like put everybody else's life back well, together. For my me, hero me, Deku's aspect. Like, I mean, yeah, whatever, man. I don't know fucking 15 year old kid trying to therapize Deku's like, emotional state right now is pretty good for having a single mom I mean listen you know you know who's got a good emotional state is Bakugo because Bakugo just calls it as it is goes it there and he's like you don't invite people over and then just have these discussions you don't just do that I love right? how every seeing... time he just kept saying this food is ruined that food is ruined like every time <laughs> something comes up he says I think it was like the Matsu uh, tofu or something the first time it was ruined then something else he called out I'm like Baku's a foodie I'm saying it now Bakugo is a foodie okay there was actually something specific about it though it was the Mabo tofu and it's because it's spicy and Bakugo's favorite food is spicy food. So, like, the only thing oh. redeeming, the only redeeming thing about this dinner was a spicy food, and it's being ruined by everyone arguing. Not even arguing, just talking about like, like you said, like sensitive topics. Like, don't don't invite people over and talk. It's supposed to be a good time. Like, don't don't do it. I don't know, man. He like he like that's the energy that I appreciate in this episode. Don't need don't need my classmate telling me what's wrong with my life, dude. Just call it as it is. That's, I was on board with Bakugo this entire episode. Yeah, the hair too. when he woke up, and then his just asking why over and over again every time we cut back to him when they're going to the actual house. Like the entire, I loved his uh, kind of his whole attitude towards all of this here. The entire episode it was definitely great. But my favorite scenes out of the dinner is just every time it cuts to Midoriya and Bakugo. And like we've all felt it, we've all been there when stuff has been said at dinner that you're at your buddy's place and you're like, I will, I'm not supposed to be here for this, right? And then like they captured that feeling like perfectly because it's just you just sit there and you freeze and you hope like you, you hope people forget you're there, like yeah. you just continue <laughs> eating trying to not not engage. Yeah. Oh, that's great. But I guess I mean we we've all enjoyed talking about the episode and kind of some of the moments. But do we actually like? 
how deep the show goes in the Todoroki family. Do we like keeping up with the Todorokis? Or is it something that if it wasn't in the show, we'd be okay with it? Because it is the only thing that really brings up some of these more sensitive topics of kind of quirk breeding, kind of even a, emotional abuse from being upbringing, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, this is something that feels right into the show, or when it gets shoved in for whole episodes like this, does it feel out of place and something you could do without? It's kind of it's kind of weird because this is the only family that has a top ten hero as the father and somebody in the hero course as well. We don't have that we don't have that dynamic in with any of the other classmates, right? So it makes it unique, and I think that's why it gets played into so much. Like you don't have even when even when Ida was going through his stuff with his brother, like I mean it was very short, very cut because I mean Ingenium was like a good hero, but he wasn't like he wasn't like top five, top you know top two, right? And I mean, we of course got like All Might and Midori. I know they're like it's it's like a father son dynamic, but not the same. Plus, they're like the main characters. But I think that's why you see the focus on a degree of family with with both of them, right? We do we did get to see a bit of Midori's mom, mind you. He is the main character, so it's kind of like it's 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 a hard comparison to make. But you don't have that in with anybody else. Bakugo's parents, neither of them are like top ranked heroes, and you can just go through the entire class. You know what I mean? Like none of them have a nationally ranked hero as like in the running. Um, and you also like, I mean, to our knowledge, you don't have a, like anything nearly as like disturbing as the Todoroki dynamic in the class, right? We don't see, we don't have anybody brooding and weird, like in like you know, like not even weird in like a bad way, but like Shoto's like like standoff just because of because of this, right? So we don't have that anywhere else. Yeah, I I think I like it. I think I do. Um, it, I mean, overall, it's good. Uh, my only, like, I think gripe with the whole thing is I wish they handled the light that they put Endeavor in a little bit differently. I still think, like, they may maybe paint him a little bit too good uh, for some of the stuff he's done. Um, like, obviously, he's still trying to, like, not not fix things at these points, uh, but, like, move past, like, not move past him, but, like, take what he's got, right, and keep going forward, at least, into a better uh, light. Um but yeah, I think they they paint him a little bit a little bit too good sometimes, uh, considering like the horrible things he's done. So I, I I wish that was a little bit different. But overall, I mean, I really like it. I like the I like the break from the normalcy of just like running around, uh, you know, fighting villains so and whatnot. Yeah. Because like like you were saying, it gives us like interesting insights to like what's going on in this world, right? Like there is these weird dynamics that happen because of quirks, and like let's let's explore it, let's talk about it, because. I think that's one of the most interesting parts of my hero is whenever they go to the the more mundane stuff, right? Like what what does like the family like dynamic look like when you have like really messed up families, but you throw quirks into it, right? It's like what what do these things that happen in normal like life have like look like if we just throw quirks into it? Um I think that's really cool. I, I really like that they explore those. Yeah. And and I agree. And I think to go to your point about paying him a good light, I think that's kind of what Natsu is pretty much. The only reason he exists in the story is to have someone that's fully against Endeavor coming back in. Just pretty much reminding everyone all the time, like, hey, do you guys not remember what he did the entire time? Like, I can't forgive you. Like, you didn't even let Shoto eat my food when I cooked. Like, just kind of reminding everyone of all the horrible things he did. So I think if Natsu wasn't in the story, I'd have more of a gripe with it because then I'd agree. Like, they're painting him all in a good light. For Yumi, he's getting over it. Shoto's indifferent, still thinking the hero's great, but the father, he's open to it. Like, everyone would just seem kind of be coming back very quickly. But we do have Natsu in the story to kind of bring that back down to earth. And no, he was a horrible person growing up, and that Natsu's not going to be able to forgive it easily if 
ever. And I definitely think I enjoy the whole experience because I do agree with both of what you say. It is just different from what we get anywhere else in the show. And I do love that. That's why the world of My Hero Academia is so cool, which is part of the reasons why we all love Vigilante so much is it builds out the world a little bit more and keeping up the Todoroki sources and uh, Todoroki spotlights gives us that world building, rather it being the quirks reading, rather the pressure of being a top two hero, top one hero now, and all that kind of thing. So I do enjoy it. Sometimes I stretch it out just a little bit too far. I think there's a couple too many flashbacks here. I mean, flashing oh, yeah. back for two minutes to an episode that happened five, six weeks ago now. I don't know if that was quite necessary because every time Todoroki's come up, there's always multiple flashbacks. So... That's my one gripe with it sometimes, but this was a culmination episode, so I'll give it more leeway here. But even in past times, there's always flashbacks whenever Endeavor or Todoroki show up on screen. Yeah, I think the the flashback to like like the sports festival when like you know like Bak- like I like almost forgot that Bakugo had actually like they had shown that he had overheard that scene, and I totally forgot about it. And that was like that was like literally years ago, right for us, right? So I think those are fine, but yeah, like they like I find they are really like laying it on heavy in these episodes. I, I, I like you said I do cut it some slack because it is a culmination episode, but I think we need to we need to address the fact that there's also like there's also a dead brother. There's also like there's also wait wait, say, wait 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 real real though real though. Like, he, didn't, he didn't kill he didn't kill his son right he didn't he didn't no. kill him right. Well yeah. Speaking of <laughs> laying on thick, they mentioned Toya like eight times this episode. So yeah, clearly, I mean, so clearly this arc can't end until we learn more about Toya at this point, right? Like that's what the culmination of this arc is going to be is like. We obviously they're going to beat Endeavor to a villain one of these times, and then we're going to learn more about Toya as like an aftermath of that. Like, oh, congratulations, you're stronger than me now, so you get to learn about my dead son. Like, I don't know how it's going to go, <laughs> but there has to be some kind of outcome of this, right? Because otherwise, why do you keep teasing it? Like, well, I, I keep... can't imagine any road that we go to that it's not Endeavor's fault for it. Oh, it has to be right, like. Like, 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 because you got to look at, like, you, you look at the picture of him, right? Like, you look at, like, the picture of him, and you look at the age, and we're assuming because, like, I think it's, I don't know if it's been stated that Natsu is the oldest, but, like, well, you no. know. Toya was older. He said our older, older brother Toya. Okay, there we go. Okay, so, but there, there we go. We have acknowledgement from the rest of the family that they remember him. So, somebody knows, and we've never talked about it. Like, we just, we just, like, oh, I, like, I've heard the phrase, what happened to Toya so many times, and we don't know what the, we don't know what that means. Like, what, what happened to Toya? Somebody tell me, man. I mean, I think it would make sense that, like, Shoto is the youngest, right? Yeah. And, like, if Endeavor was treating him the same way, like, something could have happened. Like, probably, like, most likely Endeavor's fault, something happened. I, I, I think that makes sense. It's kind of weird because, like, like yeah, I guess, like, where Toyo is the oldest, like, maybe he tried this with, like, with him. And then, it, like, we've seen it, like, Fuyumi and, and Natsu, he didn't do this with because their powers didn't manifest in, or their quirks didn't manifest in the same way that Shoto did. So did he just, like, try the trial, like, the trial run with Toya, kill him off? And it was like, okay, maybe we should, like, wait until, like, both powers are there and then we'll, like, we'll do that, right? Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I can't feel like it, it couldn't have been anything too kind of mischievous because there's no way like Ray would keep having kids like if he just straight up murdered him. And obviously they, they and uh, Natsu's like, you, don't you remember what happened to him? So like it was more of a public thing. It's not like Endeavor took him out behind the house and killed him silently. 
like there there is some kind of like an event that happened and it wasn't enough to scar ray to stop from having more kids and two it wasn't enough for endeavor not to want to keep training up todoroki once both quirks manifested into being the number one hero so well, it couldn't still- have been anything that bad where it was clearly at endeavor's hands we don't know the age. We don't know the age of like like was Shoto already born when Toya was existing. You know what I mean? Like we don't know. I don't know if we know the exact overlaps. Uh, like Natsu clearly remembers. Natsu's bitter as shit about it. But like I mean, we don't know. Like I mean, like Shoto might have just been born, and then whatever happened to Toya happened to Toya. You know what I mean? Like we don't really we don't really know. So I don't know. It, it was, somebody's got to give me like a like a like an age chart for these yeah. for this family. Well, that's it's, true. It's a mess, right? Because I guess we don't like, know if. Because we just said older brother, so it could have been older brother to Natsu, but not Fuyumi. Like we don't know where the age gap is. Because I didn't realize, like, so That's Natsu's true. still yeah. in college. Fuyumi was a college teacher. I mean, a she's elementary a, no, no, teacher. She was a, she was a teacher, and she's retired too. That was the other. No, thing. no, oh, was, no. Was, oh, was that their mom? Was that their mom was retired because of their back? He said, no, like, that was Natsu's... like a maid. That was like a housekeeper. Yeah, that was, was that. Name? That was the housekeeper. Yeah, totally the housekeeper. Different. Okay, okay, all right. Okay, uh, but yeah, yeah. So she has a career. He's in college. So we like we don't like is Natsu the second like the yeah. second youngest. So yeah, okay, there we go. I I, I assume regardless of, of of what happened, we'll we'll end up finding out next week. Yeah. I hope so because like I mean it's getting like it's like we're like blowing this up and now it's getting there's a lot like there's a lot going on. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't really feel like there's much left here because there's not big training montages it's not like they're working on it like the whole point of what endeavors working with them on is you need more experience so we don't need to see it we we see like okay three days now of their actual work studies where they're not able to keep up the endeavor eventually that's going to get old so i gotta think next episode the fifth there's another week time jump and like okay we finally beat them to one villain because of some super niche thing that happened endeavor was busy dealing with a different one so they got to him first or something kind of like that happened so, like, great. That ends there, and then we learn about Toya. So, I really got to think next week, yeah, is a wrap of this, and we move on to the next arc. Because there doesn't feel like there's much more we can gain out of this. Unless Deku possibly gets a new quirk. But then that feels weird to have Todoroki and Bakugou there as well, because it's supposed to be a learning experience for all three of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird, and, we're like, we're running out of time. That's the other thing, too. Like, we're, like, we're trying to compress, like, a bunch of stuff going on, so... I don't know. Like how much how much more do you gotta really stretch along the, the family dynamic of the Todorokis, right? Yeah. But maybe it's I the whole know. rest of the season. We're just we're just in it for the rest of the season, only no, talking dude, about Todoroki family yeah. stuff. I, like I can't have I can't have like my hero Sopranos. Like I can't like I don't know. That. That'd, that'd be cool. Yeah, I watched that too. <laughs> but I guess we don't want to drag on this episode any much longer either. So let's jump into the plus ultra reward for this week. For those that do not know, the Plus Ultra Award is a weekly award where we give a character that went beyond the win plus ultra for each of the three hosts, and then we'll tally it up at the end of the season to see who went most plus ultra throughout the entire year. Dylan, you're shaking your head. It's you're feeling sweep. good about it's your It's another mode. sweep. It's an easy set. Like, I can't believe that. I think this is the third week we're going to have a sweep because it's Bakugo. Easily, the Plus Ultra here was the only one willing to stand up and just say, can you not? Can you literally not? I'm trying to eat here easy it's an easy choice james yeah, i have to right. agree yeah Fuck. He's right. i don't he's want right. to <laughs> yes he's right because i was like i was like i'm gonna get i'm gonna get chewed out for picking bakugo i'm gonna get chewed out and then he says it i'm like dunzo we're good we're good he clean sweep yeah, I, he, he, he brought like the whole the whole platter here right he was funny uh he he said what needed to be said 
he had all, all his like great moments. We got a lot of good Bakugo faces this episode. Yeah, the did, one with the yeah. red eyes. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Fiumi would probably be second. Like Endeavor didn't really do anything. He didn't make any big steps here. I mean, he he's at least doing well training them. So we get to see how strong he is. I, but Fiumi would be second. She's a, she's trying to bring the family back together, but that's not compared to what Bakugo is of speaking his real mind. So I, I do have a, a, a fact, a fun fact that they left out of here. Um, there is a scene in the manga of where I think towards the end of dinner, Bakugo is like, hey, can you give me that Mapo Tofu recipe, please? <laughs> yes. Oh, I, they should have included that here. Maybe we get to see it next week. The dinner's not over yet. They're all still there. So maybe on the way out, he asked for it. So there's still yeah. hope. But let's wrap it up there for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in, listening to us talk about the Todorokis for 25 minutes now. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you do, you disagree with our Plus Ultra Reward. If you have your other thoughts on the Todoroki family, if you don't enjoy it, I'd love to hear why. So leave all those thoughts down in the comments below. We'd love to hear about that. Or send them over to twitter.com slash class1apod. We'd love to talk with you about it over there as well. But until then, we'll be back next Saturday for the My Hero episode 18 recap. So see you all then.